the shot. Is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, Kansas City's Premier League Game Show Podcast, coming to you from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, James Rose, and today I'm joined with the leader of the KC Spurs fan group, the man who wants to hire Phil Jones as a Spurs backup striker, and who has a secret craving for nuts in baked goods. It's Jared Bustamante. You there, bud? I am here, Mr. Rose. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm good. And from the Red Dugout, he's the leader of the Arsenal KC fan group, the man who could climb Everest in just his Arsenal kit. And who believes nuts in baked goods are an abomination. It's Boyce Richardson. How are you, bud? You know we actually won one in this weekend. <laughs> that is crazy, right? <laughs> crazy. And it's I'm, strange. It's <laughs> strange but true. Uh, and I'm excited to announce our new guest this week. He's the producer and host of the Across the Pond Premier League podcast. Is speaking to us today from Washington, D.C. And I believe is quite the Liverpool fan. Please welcome Mr. Chris Sauerbank. You there, bud? I am. Thanks for having me on the show. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. I uh, really appreciate you uh, coming on today. I'm going to start top three this week. Uh, the same game as top four, where our contestants try to figure out which stories and games are the most discussed, but with just three topics. Uh, Chris, since you're the guest, you're going to go first. So out of all of the fixtures played over the weekend, what do you think was the most talked about? Uh, it's got to be Liverpool Tottenham. You would be absolutely, yep, no doubt. You would be absolutely <laughs> correct. So yes, that will get you the three points. The ten minutes of madness that was the Liverpool Spurs game, despite moments of brilliance from Victor Wanyama and Mo Salah, <coughs> the game was marred by controversy and ends two-two. Um, so Chris, question for you then, right off the bat. There were two moments uh, in the game, penalty decision moments. One from Kane. And one from the Mella. Uh, give us your verdict on those calls, and then if you would sum up Liverpool's performance um, from the game. Oh God! Oh, I didn't know you were going to put me on the spot with these calls. I mean, <laughs> uh, it's, it's so tough to answer. Um, I guess we'll start with the first one. Uh, I think you know after after looking at that play many times and reading the offside goal many times, um, I, I have to you know based on the footage, it looks like Lovren does lightly touch the ball. Um, that then heads to Kane, and then Kane, you know, tries to make his way around Carius, and I, I say that loosely. Um, so I, I don't think it was offsides. Uh, I, I don't think there's enough contact there to, to warrant a penalty. I mean, I, I see it. I see why it was called. I just don't think it should have been called. Mm-hmm. For the second one, uh, the, the fact that John Moss didn't call the penalty immediately makes me think that he didn't think there was enough there. Um, so that's why I would say I don't think it deserves to be a penalty, but I can see, I mean, there was obviously some form of contact, whether it was light or heavy, that, that only, you know, Van Dyke and Lamella know. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to say no to either. Um, and then overall for Liverpool's performance, I thought it was a great performance. Uh, we saw key performances from players that have not showed up, um, Lovren, Karius, uh, to name a couple, um, I, I can't be too mad at it. I mean, we saw just brilliant play from Salah that 
you know he keeps surprising me every week. So mm-hmm. yeah, I must say both teams, but Liverpool especially that that last moment from Salah was 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 something else. Um, boys, let me swing it to you before I get Jared's take on this. Um, taking the penalty calls perhaps out of the equation, which team do you think edged it on ability and performance? I think you'd be remiss to not say that Liverpool deserved to win this game. I, I, there were moments where Spurs dominated, but outside of the penalty calls in the box, I don't think that there was a moment of the particular match where it looked like they were actually going to do anything outside of putting the ball past Karius when it was on the spot. You know, I, I think it's one of those situations where, outside of an absolute moment of brilliance from Victor Wanyama that deserves all the plaudits and credit that, credit that has been given. I, I just don't see a situation in which Spurs were scoring outside of from the spot. I mean, most law scored two beautiful goals. The first one being one that was absolutely gifted to him by Spurs, which I particularly enjoyed. And then the second one just being one that he scored sort of from an individual effort that reminded me of a Samir Nasri goal that was scored long, long ago. But in terms of just shifting and shaking past the goalkeeper and then depositing one past Lloris... I, you know, I, I know that I wasn't asked about the penalty spots, but I to <laughs> our Liverpool friends earlier point, the Kane one was a dive that he would help yourself. <laughs> can you? <laughs> that he basically acknowledged at the end that he was looking for contact, and that if he was not British-born and an English striker, he would be getting absolutely reamed for right now. Mm. The Lamella one a little bit later. There was contact, but he also dived into <laughs> the Liverpool defender, which is ridiculous. So I hope that Anthony Taylor is ready for this weekend for England's diving squad <laughs> to come forward and get nothing but gold medals in the middle of the Arsenal match after their beautiful performance against Spurs. Oh, gosh. All right, Jared, we're over to you. Um, but let me just lead in with this real quick. It did look like another tale of two halves for Spurs. Um well, let me. Elsie, let's get your take on those on those decisions. Um, how they approached their decisions as well, because that was a moment that those two referees had. And then, obviously, a broader analysis of Spurs' performance. Uh, I'll be the first one to admit that the uh, uh, the second call. I kind of agree a little bit with Chris here that obviously Moss didn't think there was enough there, and then for it to be called back uh, and awarded by the linesman. I'm not certain i can remember in recent memory where that's happened uh that a a call hasn't uh come uh not immediately from the center and almost confirmed by the line as it happened with with the first uh penalty and uh uh shockingly i'm gonna disagree with boys here uh the idea of course he's looking for contact he's a striker in professional soccer that's the idea you saw the same thing in other matches around the league today where look you touch around the keeper keeper touches you bam you go down that's a penalty every day of the week and the fact that it's just harry kane and while boy some certain has a picture of harry kane wearing the arsenal jersey framed above his bedroom i'm sorry buddy he's ours leave him alone uh but for plan strike to be intelligent when, when, yeah, and to score 100 goals faster than anyone stepped on Shearer. I hear you. But the Roman other part of it is, uh, you know, you can't, uh, uh, when it comes to Lamella, like I said, I'll admit calling from the side was odd. But the fact of the matter is he's establishing his position in the box and Van Dyke swinging around wildly. Contact was made. 
And I agree with Mauricio Pochettino. Hey, there's no controversy. Nothing to see here. Mm. Uh, I'm going to disagree with Boyce again on uh, whether or not Spurs were on the front foot at all. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head, James. Tale of two halves. Uh, Spurs came out gunning, and they came out uh, a... uh, I'm actually very disappointed because right as the tide was turning, and I was really impressed with uh, uh, the uh, you know movement and distribution, uh, particularly with Deli Alley, uh, one half to two halves. He got, goes and just a bonehead, just <laughs> dive that was more than deserving of the yellow mm-hmm. card. Yep. And then he kind of runs by and just kind of <laughs> owns it to Moss and all of that. And that's all fun and games and great. But I have no doubt that uh, that earned a talking to uh, from uh, uh, from Mauricio after that. But you know. Uh, I need more consistency from Spurs, and uh, uh, frankly, it reminded me way, way too much of even some FA Cup performances, particularly uh, against our replay opponents this, uh, uh, this week. Uh, and you can't do that against a team like Liverpool. Uh, Mo Salah, uh, what, what can you say? Uh, mm-hmm. Fantastic. And, uh, you know, uh, would have been the, the talk of the game, but for Victor Manyama's rocket from... Mm-hmm. You know, about 40 yards. Uh, just a hell of an entertaining match. As a neutral, you had to love it. Uh, let's swiftly move on then to uh, next topic. Jared, you're up. We have second and third still to guess. So what do you think? Uh, I'm going to go with Watford just destroying Chelsea 4-1. to one. You would be correct, yes. And that was second on the list. So that will get you the two points. Chelsea stung by the Watford Hornets. The score indeed was 4-1. Uh, now, before the game, Watford were winless in their last 13 meetings with Chelsea in all competitions since a 1-0 win in the Premier League in September of 99. So quite a significant victory. Um, a lot of the speculation now, of course, is coming down to the manager. So, Jared, is Conte gone at this point? What do we think? I Again, these conversations with, the, you know, with these big clubs, you're talking about Chelsea, uh, a team that's sitting... In fourth, I know Boyce and I talked about this a little bit, you know, thinking Conte was going to be gone by the week's end. I mean, this was just an abysmal performance. Uh, You had uh, two yellows, I believe, in less than five minutes Mm -hmm. uh, for Bakayoko to be, you know, to to leave. And frankly, uh, I don't know if it wouldn't, um, it would have mattered. Uh, One of the consistent themes we've hit on this is just how much can Eden Hazard do on his own? And uh, once again, uh, he equalizes through an amazing individual effort only for Chelsea to give up three goals Mm -hmm. in the last, I think the last eight minutes, Mm -hmm. uh, just, uh, no focus, no drive. I mean, something's got to change, but I wonder, I wonder if it'll be Conte. I know we speculated on whether or not, you know, Conte was a long-term solution at Chelsea. Uh, I still don't think he is. I still think he would be gone at the end of this year or, or next year as they look forward. But uh, I'll tell you what, losing 4-1 to uh, to a Watford side that only had, had 27 points going into that match, uh, that's certainly not going to win you a favor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. And uh, Chris, um What's your perception of of Watford Football Club? I mean, they've they've kind of had some highs and lows this season. Do you think they're going to start creeping back up the table now? I think they're going to survive any uh, relegation scares. I mean, I think I think inconsistency has been their biggest problem this year. I mean, we saw them have kind of a hot start this year, um, and they tapered off. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think at one point, you know, how many people wanted, uh, you know, wanted to hire the manager for a while, and then you know now we're seeing them kind of regain form. Uh, Personally, 
I don't see it really happening. Uh, I think I think there was more about Chelsea in this game than, than what Watford truly did mm-hmm. over the weekend. Um, but you just never know. I mean, with a guy like Troy Deeney, as long as he doesn't get suspended and get in a million fights, you know, he might be might be enough to snag, you know, maybe uh, maybe another 15 points this season. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's going to be one of those time will tell kind of moments. But, uh, boys, what was your overall perception of uh, the fixture? Do you think Chelsea deserved to lose? Do you think there was a little bit of injustice there? Uh, give us your overall analysis. I don't necessarily think that there was any injustice done, but I think when the fact is that you look at Bakayoko had two yellow cards within a span of about five minutes, and somehow Chelsea were level at the 81st minute. It's one of the situations where I understand the frustration with Conte in this game, but the reality is it was 1-1 in the 82nd minute of this match. And I know that it ended 4-1, and Gary Cahill had to come out and basically like flagellate himself in front of the Chelsea fans and say that they were terrible, which they generally were. But I think the reality was that when you're 10 minutes from drawing a match that you've been down a man in for 40 minutes, you deserve a level of credit. Now, the way that they finished that match was terrible, and I'm honestly surprised that Abramovich didn't have a Russian hitman squad outside (laughs) of Watford Stadium at the end to just be able to take Conte out. But Chelsea ran away with the Premier League title last year, and yes, they've been a frustrating side this year, and a lot of that has been on transfer policy. So I'm not necessarily sure whether or not it's Abramovich or Conte that's driving who they're bringing in, but Murata was obviously a terrible choice and has been a waste of about 70 million pounds throughout the year. Mm. But they're still, as Jared said, in fourth place. Now, the reality is, as of right now, they're one point out of third and six points out of sixth, and that's a problem, especially with the schedule that they have coming up, where they've got West Brom at home, and then United and City away, and then Palace at home, and then Burnley away. That's it dangerous schedule that they have coming up one in which they could very easily fall out of fourth and may very well fall into sixth, determining how the north london derby goes this weekend so i don't think conte is gonna survive this season but it's hard to come down on a side when you think about the fact that over the last 13 years chelsea have 15 trophies mm-hmm. and i think their managers have averaged between two and three years Per stead, but the reality is, you know, Arsenal have three trophies in four years, but no trophies for about 10 before then. Spurs and Liverpool don't have trophies for about a decade, and Spurs have Ouch. 15 trophies in <laughs> 13 <laughs> years. That's an incredible result from its squad. Oh, yeah, Chris, he just does, does that this every year. <laughs> He'll just slip it in every so often. Uh, right, well, let's let's swiftly move on to the last point. And, uh, boys, you're up. So what do you think made a third spot this week? Man, I had to go last last week. I go last again this week. I think there are two. There's the Manchester City-Burnley match. But I'm going to hope, against hope, that the bright rainbow of sunshine that was the Arsenal-Everton 5-1 match and the premiere of Obama Yang in the Premier League was number three. You would be sadly correct. Yes, it edged in there. Uh, Everton pounded by Arsenal. Final score, 5-1. Yet, once again, Arsenal have made the podcast. I think that's four weeks in a row now, but anyway. Uh, so, boys, Mike's yours again. How on earth did they get five past Everton? Because they played Everton. <laughs> I think that's Great, the- let's move on. <laughs> Great. No, the easiest answer to this is the fact that Arsenal have scored five goals twice this year. Once was at Goodison Park against Everton away, which is one of Arsenal's only away wins the entire season. 
And the other one was 5-1 to one against Arsenal at the Emirates. Or, sorry, against Everton at the Emirates. And the reality is, I think there's just a little bit of reality that involves Everton being involved in both of those. You know, the first one was one of the first times that Lacazette, Sanchez, and Ozil played together. And I think Arsenal fans definitely thought at that time they were like, oh, a front three that maybe will score us a bunch of goals. And then Wenger decided to never do that again. Uh, This time we have Aubameyang paired with Ozil and Mkhitaryan. And who knows when Wenger will do that again. But what we do know is that in the event Arsenal ever decided to play Everton again this season, that they will probably put five past them again. Mm. I mean, listen, Obama Yang is a faster, better striker than Lacazette. He put in a really great performance. His pairing with Mkhitaryan shows a little bit of spark that I think Arsenal have lacked on the offensive end thus far. But you'll notice that Peter Cech is still on clean sheet 199 and may <laughs> never, ever hit 200. It could, he will probably be with another team before he hits 200. And now we are left with the the ashes of David Ospina over the weekend. It, it's one of those situations where we've seen this once before this season. And if any Arsenal fan gained any sort of level of confidence from the earlier match, the results afterward didn't demonstrate anything. So I think that... Going forward from this, we're once again away at Wembley this weekend where we generally are better at winning than Tottenham are. So we'll see how that goes. But until Arsenal can demonstrate the same level of offensive proficiency on the road that they do at home, uh, it's the same story, different day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jared, on uh, on Everton, uh, they've only won one of their last five. What do they need to do to get out of this funk, so to speak? Oh, I mean, what they do in Major League, they need a you know, uh, uh, you know, you got to take the curse off the bats. I think uh, you need a live, a live chicken to take the hex off <laughs> off of Goodison Park. I don't know. Um, I mean, not surprised you see the score line. Dominic Calvert-Lewin scored. Okay, that's a highlight. I mean, that's a uh, you know, it's not it's not devoid of talent. Um, I mean. I just love how Boyce just doesn't even mention Theo Walcott. God, after he gave you so much, Boyce. Um, <laughs> I think uh, it's sure. just, uh, what do you do? I mean, you look at the team stats on this match and just out-possessed, out-shot. Um, uh, level on fouls, I guess they can take that away. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not certain. They've got to figure out how to stop allowing goals. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just, I think they're writing it out. Uh, I don't think, uh, I mean, we've, we mentioned time and time again, this race to the bottom in the premiership. Uh, Everton currently sitting pretty comfortably as far as placement on the table. Uh, I think at this point, you just, you limp along and you try to get results. Uh, uh, you try to get results at home and steal the points you can and uh, just look towards next and mm-hmm. towards next season. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the ship has sailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, as a fan of a team that rivals Everton quite a bit, do you delight in their failures or are you maybe sympathetic a little bit to any team's demise? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, no, no sympathy whatsoever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Um, you know, I have, I have a lot of, friends who are Everton fans though and and um you know their optimism was very real at the beginning of the season you know they thought Coleman was their guy um that ended quickly uh and they thought all those signings were their guys as well and now we're seeing that you know same sort of situation here and now we're seeing big Sam wanting to implement his 
his own style and, and trying to figure out who he trusts. You know, we, we see Lookman out on loan performing well. He should be on that field against Arsenal. So uh, I think there are a lot of poor decisions being made over there on and off the field. And so uh, I'm just watching it all go down. It's it's great. Down it goes. Yeah, I didn't even see if Wayne Rooney played or not, but he was seemed to be in favor and now he's not. I don't know. Anyway, lose track. Uh, let's swiftly move on uh, to our next game, which, of course, is another round of Who Said That? The game where each contestant has to guess which player or which manager, excuse me, spoke the words from a post-match conference. Once again, each person will get their own quote to guess at. Uh, Jared's going to go first with this one. Uh, so, Jared, this is yours. Today was a game we played for the win and to change history you need time. Today was a game we played for the win, and to change history, you need time. Oh, goodness. Um, somebody who didn't win, whoever they were. Uh, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Mauricio. Mauricio Pochettino. They suck at Anfield. <laughs> You're absolutely right on the uh, quote and on that stat. Yes, so that'll get you... Outstanding. You, outstanding is right, yeah. Mauricio Pochettino did say that. Um, boys, this next one's for you. Our challenge is to find a balance. We're a very offensive team, but need to find a balance between attacking and defending. Our challenge is to find a balance. We're a very offensive team, but need to find a balance between attacking and defending. You keep giving me these, and I keep being like, there are a thousand <laughs> managers that they could be. This is down between, it has to be Jurgen Klopp or Arsene Wenger, but I'm going to go with Jurgen Klopp. Oh, you should have gone with Wenger. <laughs> oh, no. Damn it. Arsene Wenger was the answer. Yes, uh, un- unlucky on that one. Uh, Chris, this last one is for you. There's no way we deserve to lose that. We look so comfortable, I would have been disappointed to draw, let alone lose. There's no way we deserve to lose that. We look so comfortable, I would have been disappointed to draw, let alone lose. Oh... This is a tricky one. I will give you that. Kind of a harsh one. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to just throw it out. Uh, I'm going to say David Moyes. You know, David Moyes would be a good guess on any other day because uh, we do like to pick at him quite a bit. Um, but it's sadly, <laughs> sadly not. The answer is from another team that we pick on quite a lot. It was Paul Lambert of Stoke. Um, uh, I knew it. <laughs> taking the reins on the Stoke bus that is crashing every week. Um, right, let's swiftly move on then to our last game, which of course is a fan favourite. It is Player Profile. Once again, I'll be giving five clues to different Premier League players, each clue easier than the last. The first person to shout their name and correctly guess said player wins the two points, but you only get one guess as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. Okay, uh, are you guys ready? Let's do it. Why not? Let's do it. Why not? All right, so this first player then is a striker. Scored on his debut for his current Premier League club, Where's the number 14 shirt? Boyce. Yes, Boyce. Obama Yang. Obama Yang is absolutely correct. Yes, that'll get you the two points. Nice work on that one. And let's swiftly move on to our second one, who is a Swiss international. Plays as a winger. Scored a single goal over the weekend. Jared. Yes, Jared. Shakiri. Shakiri is absolutely correct. Yes, that'll get you those two points. The other clues, in case you're wondering, currently plays for Stoke, and his first name begins with an X. 
I don't even know how to say it. That's why I, I don't said either. Last name. It's like <laughs> Z, Z, Zedron, Z, Zedri. Anyway, let's not go there. The uh, exit silent. The exit. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Love it. Um, third one is another striker. Used to play for Everton. Has 12 goals currently this season. A Belgian international. First Boyce. Name. Yes, Boyce. Lukaku. Lukaku. Romelu Lukaku. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you the two points. We have two players left. And this next one is a Brazilian international. Has been with his club since 2015. Chris. Yes, Chris. I'm going to say Roberto Firmino. Roberto Firmino is absolutely correct, sir. Yes, there. congratulations. Very nice. Very nice. The other clues were, and this one might have done it, um, is a forward, plays for Liverpool, and his first And name. looks like a bird. <laughs> Has a terrible with, neck with, tattoo. With was that teeth. one of your, was that one of the clues? Has a terrible neck tattoo? Uh, it wasn't, but man, I should have been more creative with these, because the last clue was, first name is Roberto. Um, <laughs> That nice. might have given it away. Um, <laughs> guys, we are, and again, maths here is not great, but as far as I can see, we are tied across the board. Literally, wow. five, five, and five. So it comes down to this last player, okay? So I'm I was going to stress levels probably high. <laughs> I was going to say fingers on buzzers, but we're not that high tech yet. Um, I guess vocal cords ready. Um, here we go then. This last player is a goalkeeper. Has been with his club since 2012. Used to play for Lyon. Jared Boyce. Oh, Jared, who is it? No, Hugo Lloris. <laughs> oh, Lloris is absolutely correct, sir. Yes. <laughs> Outstanding. Outstanding. That'll get you the two points. And that, of course, will give you the win. Congratulations, sir. How do you feel? <laughs> oh, I feel great. Just great. Sorry for Chris. I'm not sorry at all for boys. So there you go. <laughs> I was totally first on that call. I'm just saying. I don't know. You got to play the tape back. Yeah. I got to play it back. You know, sometimes I hear <laughs> I, I things, and there, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I want to be biased because Jared's a Spurs fan. I technically am too. You know, so I don't know. And that but, was a Spurs question. That That's was a Spurs right, question. That was a Spurs tiebreaker. Yeah. So let's hope it was that... a goalkeeper question. It was not a Spurs question. There you go. <laughs> two. There you go. We'll, we'll take that. We'll take that. Um, let's hope that Spurs uh, win will translate for the weekend. Anyway, we'll see. Who's, who's winning this weekend? <laughs> who? Yeah. Who is winning? Yeah. North that's... London Derby. Yeah, it's a big one. Um... I I think it'll be a great match. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, and uh, what we've done uh, is a little home and home watch. So uh, Casey Gooners hosted us. We are now hosting Casey Gooners uh, at our bar, uh, Strange Days Brewing in the River Market. I expect a big showing. It'll be pretty pretty epic, yeah. I think it's going to be uh, one to remember. Today it was announced that Anthony Taylor was going to be the center for the North London Derby this weekend. The last time Arsene Wenger saw him, he told him he was a fucking idiot. So <laughs> I am uh, very much looking forward to Arsenal's first this weekend with known Arsenal fan, Anthony Taylor on the center of the pitch and Spurs with the diving team at full ready. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Let's just let me ask this real quick too. Like score predictions, uh, Chris. We'll start with you as a neutral. What do you think? Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to say it, but uh, I have to say two one Spurs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
love it. Uh, Jared, what do you think? I think that's fair. I I I think both teams score here. I think you know, obviously, with my bias, think Spurs eke it out. I'll I'll go to say either two one or three two Spurs. Okay, boys. I'm going to go 2-1 Spurs with one of their goals being an ill-founded penalty called by Anthony Taylor. <laughs> love it, love it. I'm going to be more of a, I'm a pessimist, but I think it's going to be a tie. I think we're going to see a, either a 1-1 or a 2-2, and Arsenal are going to snatch a last tie, a last gasp tie. Um, that would be my prediction. Still anyway, won't be enough for Arsenal. Desperately have to have three points this weekend, or else it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Maybe, maybe what do you mean you have your rubber league? Oh. <laughs> oh, I knew I liked you. <laughs> uh, we're at, the problem is the fact that Obama Yang can't play in the Europa League, so probably Ooh. host on that front as well. But it's all right. Uh, but that's all we uh, that's all we have time for. Big thanks to Jerry Bustamante, Boyce Richardson, and Chris Barabank. Thanks so much, Chris, for coming on to the show today. Yeah, um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, real quick, give us a quick uh, give a quick plug for your podcast. Tell us uh, when you guys record. Uh, what's the best way to reach out and get to you? Uh, give us a quick sure. Plug. Sure. Um, again, uh, we're from Across the Pond. We're an English Premier League podcast by four Americans. You can find us on acrossthepond.co. We can't afford.com, so you can find us there at ATP Radio on Twitter. Um, yeah, feel free to reach out. Sounds good. Sounds great. And uh, it was a pleasure, much. Chris. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, do uh, do uh, send us another message and come back on soon. Uh, any other final words from uh, you guys, Jared Boyce? Nice to have Chris on. Nice to be boys. All <laughs> right. Well, that's all we have time for. Thanks again to uh, to Chris, uh, to Jared, and to Boyce. Uh, until next week. Thanks again, and take it easy.